Hello, and welcome to another edition of Forrester's CX Cast. Each week, we speak with an analyst from the customer experience team about their research or discuss a customer experience topic in the news. Along with my co host, analyst Diana Lawfer, my name is Sam Stern. You will hear both of our voices each week. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Forrester CX Cast. This is Sam Stern, your co-host, and I am very excited to have my co-host back in the studio, Diana Lawfer. Welcome. Hi, everyone. So Diana is back, and um, we're going to welcome her back by grilling her about one of her recent reports. I'm uh, so excited. <laughs> also, it's not really a recent report since I, I wrote it back in September, but I will try to remember what it was about. Well, when you've been on maternity leave for 12 weeks, you don't have that many recent reports, right, Diana? No, not exactly. Welcome back and congratulations. Thank you. So this is a report from November called Anchor, Your Customer Experience Strategy and Customer Understanding. And I think, honestly, this is one we really did want to talk about on the podcast because um, it's a really interesting topic. And it goes deeper on how really to craft a good customer experience strategy, which is something that is one of our most popular questions, most popular topics from our clients. So glad to be talking to you about it, even belatedly. Um, so my first question for you is um, talk us through, um, and it might be obvious, but it that isn't necessarily to me, why a customer experience uh, strategy benefits from a deeper grounding in customer understanding. I thought this was obvious when I started the research. <laughs> um, frankly, if you're devising your customer experience strategy, this is you know, how how you're going to improve the experience for your customers, where you're yep. going to prioritize. Maybe your customers should have some say about that, or maybe you should base that on on the needs and, and sort of the understanding of what your customers want. But you'd be amazed about how many companies are thinking up their customer experience strategies and, and answering these questions about how to prioritize without ever once talking wow. to their customers. I, um, I Still. Talked, still. still wow. I talked to at least um, two companies that told me about this lengthy process they were taking. They were journey mapping um, all of these different journeys. They were identifying all the touch points with their customers. They were um, rating how well they were performing on these touch points today. They were prioritizing based on how well it aligned with their strategy. And all of this really without ever once talking to their customers and validating are these the right touch points? Are these the right prior, you know, is this the right prioritization? And that just seemed. Um, that seemed totally crazy to me. Yes. <laughs> and yet, <laughs> and these yet. aren't crazy people, I assume, right? No, and they're not crazy people. And it just goes to to some of the problems that I saw in this area, which is that people don't understand um, what the right types of customer research they need to do to support their yeah. strategy. And they often don't have the resources um, to do so. Um, but they're really, if, you know, and I understand that, but if you're going to undertake this lengthy process, then you have to put yeah. some. You're spending all this time anyway. You need to go talk to your customers. So that, that I think you're you're alluding to the next question I was going to ask you, which is, I mean, if you're not going to include customer research in this effort, is it even worth doing? I mean, it sounds like you should only do this if you're prepared to do it the right way. Yeah, I mean, if if you're not prepared to go do this customer research, then I would say you know you can focus on. Um, solving small problems um, that you maybe have heard about from other sources of feedback that you've had, but don't go 
um, you know, don't go trying to tackle your your entire customer experience or or thinking up sort of the future vision of your experience without getting the input from your customers. Um, And in fact, we find that um, when I say a lot of companies aren't doing customer research, they do have some forms of customer feedback. Most are doing some kind of survey as part of their measurement program. Um, and, And that's fine. You know, I'm not saying surveys are bad. They're great for assessing customers' attitudes in response to specific questions that you ask. But they're not really enough to break what I termed in this report the status quo um, feedback loop and yeah. and gain insight into what customers are actually missing in an experience. Right. So you're basically asking them how happy um, or satisfied or likely are you to recommend that experience or our brand based on that interaction. So we have set parameters around what we just delivered to you. So there's no way for the customer in that survey that's asking them for feedback to say, well, that was okay, but what I really need is this, or you know, my existential pain is this, or my question right. is this. You're not getting that kind of data out of that. Right. It's like if I order a shirt online and it doesn't fit, and I go to the store to return it, and at the store they ask me to fill out a survey. They send me one later, and they say, how was the experience of returning this shirt in the store? Like, how close was the store to you? Was the person nice to you? Blah, right. blah, blah. That's fine, but that doesn't solve the bigger issue, which is that I really wish you had just sent me an envelope so I could return the shirt by mail. Or I wish you had a better sizing chart on your website so that I wouldn't order the wrong size in the first place. But often surveys don't get at these deeper issues that you can get to if you are talking to the customer or doing focus groups or doing, you know, ethnography or these more types of qualitative research techniques. Okay, so let's let's get into that because tell us about what it looks like from a research process when companies are back to your report title, yeah. anchoring their CX strategy in customer understanding. Um, talking to a bunch of companies and also consultants and agencies that, that do this kind of work, um, I found that there was a specific cadence to the type mm. of research that they do when the, you're doing this big sort of three-month or six-month kind of strategy development process. And it starts with um, the qualitative research to understand what is the business problem. Yeah. Um, you know, we talk about there's this old like design problem, design a vase. Um, are you mm. designing a vase or are you designing a better way to hold flowers? Mm. Right. You're, you're trying to figure out what is the problem that you actually need to solve. And some of these qualitative techniques um, like interviews, focus groups, that those are really good for that. So um, one of the companies I talked to, Entergy, is a southern U.S. energy company. Um, and they used a technique called metaphor elicitation where their researchers mm. showed customers pictures and that helped understand how the customers viewed their relationship with Entergy today. And so a lot of customers were choosing this picture of a steel door, um, which if you can imagine isn't really ideal for describing what the relationship was. And and <laughs> through sort of probing and understanding why customers chose the steel door, it sort of, they found out that um, their customers felt like they didn't have control over certain situations mm. with Entergy, like if um, there was a power outage. So one of the big problems that they uncovered was that people were really annoyed during outages. Um, they had actually, you know, going back to why surveys aren't enough, um, they had been tracking the number of people that um, that called in or that complained during outage, but they found during this metaphor elicitation that so many people were annoyed when the outages happened that they just stopped calling in the first place. Oh, man. So Defeated. Exactly. They were so yeah. defeated. So you couldn't just track numbers because that wasn't telling <laughs> you the whole story. Um, and so they found out this this actually was a big problem. And a lot of what um, Energy then focused on was providing more proactive notifications when an outage was going to happen and giving people more control over the situation. Mm. 
Yeah, that's a good example. Um, okay, so they've, they're doing that kind of research. Any other sort of important research inputs to reference? Yeah, so after the qualitative research, oftentimes firms would then undertake some kind of quantitative research mm-hmm. effort. And the, reali- the reason it's important at that point is you kind of want to put some bounds on the size of a problem. So, right, one customer tells you this is a problem. Yeah. Is that actually a problem for the larger customer base? Right. Um, and quantitative methods can provide the answer to that and also help prioritize when you've uncovered, okay, customers want to improve 50 of these different things, which are actually most important. So this is something that FedEx did. Um, they did focus groups with uh, shippers and customers to uncover important attributes of the shipping experience. Things yep. like are drop boxes conveniently located? Um, do drivers have a positive attitude? Are packages delivered at the same time each day? And so they, they uncovered 50 or 100 different things through a process of talking to stakeholders internally. They narrowed that down to 50. And then they did a, a survey with consumers where they asked them which of these are important to you. And they used um, conjoint analysis, which don't ask me about the details of that, but <laughs> um, to, to prioritize the relative importance of each of these attributes based on customer satisfaction and market share. And they were able to use this narrowed down list as the foundation for what they should focus on in terms of improving um, the customer experience in the future. Great. Okay. And then um, from there, yeah. you know, that seems to be almost broadening out in a way. Like, how do you get to a strategy? Yeah. So now, you, now you've uncovered the problem and you've sort of narrowed down the focus and the, the, the quantitative provides that. Um, and then you've basically got sort of the picture of what you're going to work on. And now you really want to put that sort of strategy and design into action and start focusing on improving some of those areas. Mm. Um, and that's where sort of narrow, narrow, more focused research comes into play. So um, testing prototypes that you develop or um, usability testing or that kind of thing. Um, it, it's really customer research is sort of ongoing. And, and I would say that most companies I talk to did have something in place here. You know, yeah. their user experience research teams were, were doing research when they were developing prototypes or doing certain product developments. It was some of the earlier stuff that was missing. But some companies have stood up customer panels and they'll use them early on for hmm. strategy and then they bring them back when they're trying to yeah. solve specific problems. Maybe they're redesigning a, if you're a health insurance company, they're redesigning the explanation of benefits. Mm-hmm. And so um, they can help with those sort of narrow, more focused um, solutions once you get later down the line. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, well, so this is a lot of research to do. And if I sound skeptical, it's mostly that I, I can see this being hard to justify yeah. at a lot of companies. What would you recommend in that respect? I mean, how do you, how do you make the case that this is something uh, worth doing and that there's a payoff from doing this, going to this level of detail and understanding what customers want from your strategy? Yeah. I mean, it's a hard business case to make, but I, I would say if you, if you know that you are solving the right problem, it can save you money down the line. Um, talking to Entergy again, they use the customer panel to test out certain prototypes for when they were developing these proactive notifications. Yeah. Um, and because they got feedback earlier instead of after their development team had already spent months doing this technical solution, they, they estimate that they saved about half as much as they normally spent because they were actually developing the right solution that mm. customers wanted. Yeah. Um, so you can think about it in terms of saving rework, 
um, shortening development cycles because you've got that early on. But it is a is a tough business case to make. And the other thing I would say is that we often talk about, you know, ethnography, you have to do ethnography, you have to do these field research things, um, which are expensive, but there are low cost research methods. Uh-huh. Our colleague, Joanna Vandenbrink-Quintanilla wrote a report about Gorilla CX. Yeah. I think those techniques really play out here. You know, just go on the street and ask people, you know, would you pay at Starbucks with your phone or something? And you're, you know, depending on how big a company you are, you are likely to find your customers sort of just yeah. out on the street. So it's a good point too. What you're saying is the shortcut is not to skip the research. The shortcut is to find cheaper maybe less um, methodologically rigorous ways to do the research, right? Right. And the other thing is when you do a quantitative survey, you want to have thousands of respondents. Yes. When you do interviews, you can do five or ten because you're not looking to understand how broad the problem is. You're kind of trying to understand how deep the problem is. And you can get at that with only a few interviews. So we're not talking about um, spending months and months talking to, to customers. No, I think it's a great point. And especially when you have the backstop of knowing you can go back and do the quantitative study to get the more rigorous data and that you will be showing a prototype of this to to maybe those same people but another set of people so you don't have to get it exactly right and have it 100% defensible in that first round of, of research. Right. You should think about it as, you know, we're going to do more research. We don't have to solve the whole problem up front, yeah. but we want to make sure that we are inserting this customer feedback at these key points during the whole process. Well, and then the other thing that you mentioned in there that I think is important is um, finding some tangible projects or, you know, using the knowledge to inform uh, design of products or services um, helps to make this, uh, you know, show some real benefits from this research that's going into this sort of general strategy informing efforts, um, that can be pretty nebulous. But if it's alongside of that, that points to cleared products or services you need to upgrade or improve or create, then suddenly you're linking that to these tangible things that you can measure a little bit better as well. Absolutely, because you don't get the benefit Right, you don't get the benefits of customer experience from creating the strategy. You get the benefits when you put the strategy in action <laughs> and you actually start improving these specific well touch points. Well said. Yes, yeah. great. Well, um, thank you, Diana, for for returning to CXCast <laughs> and and for sharing about your um, recent report called "Anchor Your CX Strategy and Customer Understanding." Uh, listeners will post a link to that in the show notes for this episode. Thank you for joining us again. My pleasure. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's CX Cast. We'll post links to the reports we mentioned in the show notes for this podcast. And if you have questions or suggestions, please contact me at s-s-t-e-r-n at forrester.com. And remember, your customer's perception is your CX reality.